that one stings, guys. Uh, the Hoosiers did everything they could leading up to Wednesday's game in the last week to make that one effectively a play-in game to the NCAA tournament, and they collapsed. Uh, they led in the second half and let that one get away in typical IU fashion and then lost in heartbreaking fashion uh, to a Ron Harper Jr. game winner. It hurts. It stings. We're going to have a therapy session together about it today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, guys? It is Thursday, March 3rd. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics news, analysis, previews, recaps, Fun times we typically try to have. It's not going to be a fun one today. Uh, whether it's men's basketball, women's basketball, you guys know the drill. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys uh, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Uh, we're free. We're available wherever you're listening to podcasts at. Uh, and just a reminder, we preview or premiere, I should say, our episodes live on YouTube every morning at 7 a.m. Go make sure you give us a subscribe over there uh, and you can join in, chat with fellow Hoosier fans. Lots to talk about today. You might understand if I'm not my typical energetic self because that one was a gut punch and that's probably a phrase I'll use many times today. Hoosiers had a win and get in effectively game against Rutgers on Wednesday, and in Rutgers' defense, it was probably a win-and-get-in game for them as well. They did everything they should have for the better part of 35 minutes, but it was the same script we've seen with IU all season. They let it get away late. This one played out a little bit differently, but a chaotic ending. Eventually, Hoosiers fall to a game winner with a couple seconds left. And now they're outside the tournament looking in with effectively no time to uh, fix that. So we will go more in depth on this game in just a moment. As always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers over at Twitter. We typically do a halftime spaces. Couldn't do it for Wednesday's game. Uh, I had some other work stuff going on. We're going to try to do it today. Depending on when you listen to this, IU women's basketball are going to be playing this afternoon in the Big Ten tournament. We will be there. Depending on how loud it is there, I will try to do one uh, at the women's game uh, at halftime of that one. No promises, but we are going to do it for the men's games moving forward. So be sure you follow us on Twitter. Let's talk about this one as much as it's going to pain us to do so. Rutgers wins 66-63 to in a, I mean, gut punch was a word I used. I mean, it still hurts. Uh, I'm recording this many hours later. I needed to calm down a bit, wanted to rewatch uh, kind of the latter half of that second half where things went awry, and plain and simple, IU let this one get away. Led by double digits in the first half, led by eight. Early on in the second half, they led by seven uh, just past the midway point of the second half, about nine minutes to go. They led for most of this game. They were the team in control for most of this game. 33 minutes and 24 seconds they led to just five minutes and six seconds for Rutgers. 
90 seconds. This game was tied. IU doesn't come away with the win. It's a script we've seen way too many times this season. If you missed it, it uh, chaotic ending to say the least. Uh, Hoosiers are down three. Um, Rob Finnessy drives into the lane. He got fouled. I watched it back. Uh, the Rutgers center uh, went vertical. Uh, Omaroyu, I butchered that. Uh, he went vertical with his hands. He jumped into Rob Finnessy, though, which is part of the verticality rule. No foul called. Loose ball. Rutgers threw the ball away. For all intents and purposes, that ball was sailing out of bounds, and the Hoosiers are going to have another shot at it. And <laughs> as only can happen to IU, it feels like, it hits the ref, stays in bounds. Paul McKay, he gets it. Is fouled by Xavier Johnson because it's late in the game and they need to shoot free throws. Inexplicably, Paul McKay, he takes offense to that, swings at Xavier Johnson. He gets tossed. That helps the Hoosiers because the two sides trade free throws. Indiana gets the ball back. Parker Stewart misses one of many three-pointers. We're going to touch on that a lot. Uh, again, inexplicably, Indiana gets the ball back again with a jump ball. Finally, Parker Stewart hits one. Tie game with 10 seconds left. Uh, inbounded to Ron Harper Jr. He brings it up court. Listen, I thought Race Thompson defended this as about as well as you could expect. Um, it was a tie game. He couldn't sell out for a three-pointer. And I know people were complaining that he didn't get a contest up in time. He couldn't sell out for it being a three-point shot. And even then, he almost knocked the ball away, swiping down kind of on his gather. He got a shot up to contest it. That's just a that's a grown man shot from Ron Harper Jr. Buries the game winner with two seconds left. Gratefully takes a bow. He was incredible in the second half. Rutgers wins an enormous win that uh, I mean should ultimately probably seal them as a tournament team and leaves the Hoosiers. I don't even know. Demoralized is probably the best word. Uh, plain and simple though, Rutgers just out executed Indiana down the stretch. They got open looks, and they made open looks. They created open looks. They moved off the ball. They moved with the ball. They cut. They found the open guy. That's not typically things Indiana does. We're going to talk about Indiana's offense because you're not going to believe this, but they did play well offensively down the stretch except for the making the shots part, which, I mean, obviously is a pretty big part of it, but um, – Rutgers simply executed. They made the shots that Indiana didn't. Harper had 14 points, 5 of 8 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3 in the second half alone. Rutgers hit some absolutely enormous free throws as well. Uh, just some huge, huge pressure free throws. Um, not just in the context of the game, but in the context of what we've talked about that game. Meaning, uh, they hit some monster free throws. They were 10 of 12 in the second half alone. Ayu didn't shoot poorly at the free throw line. Uh, but the Scarlet Knights, uh, I can't say enough how big the free throws. They just kept making, staring into the IU cheer section uh, time and time again, just bearing those free throws. Listen, there was a lot that we'd seen before in this game. There was a lot that we saw, that we hadn't seen in this game when it comes to IU. Um, there's a lot to talk about in this game. It's not going to follow our typical recap format. I want to talk about some of the... Um, some of the late game offense, 
some of that stuff here in just a moment. Huh. Regardless if Indiana is going to be in it or not, March Madness is only about a week and a half, two weeks away at this point. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick'em. Both are really fun in their own way. Uh, they have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. Those aren't things you're going to find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe it Run Your Pool because, like we said, we're running our brackets over there, and there's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, Join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, uh, create your own pool for your friends and family and a pure madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th right here on the Locked On Hoosiers podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you uh, an in-depth breakdown of every matchup. It might not have the Hoosiers in it. We don't know. We're going to talk about the tournament outlook here in the uh, just a little while. Like I said, there are some common themes in this loss. Rutgers created matchup problems for IU. They have those athletic scoring wings we've talked about the Hoosiers not having. I believe we talked with Dustin DePirac of the of the Bloomington Herald Times, I should say, about that. Uh, it's been brought up before. Um, you had guys like Ron Harper Jr. that IU couldn't match up against. Um, you had guys like Geo Baker as well. He's a little bit of a bigger guard that IU just doesn't have the size on the wing to match up against. And the fact that those guys hit eight, all eight of Rutgers threes, I mean, that's not entirely the reason, but there's matchup problems that Miller cop. I feel like I've made my thoughts known. Uh, he probably shouldn't be starting for this team or any big 10 team. Um, but he got kind of exposed defensively at times because he was the guy that had to guard some of those wings, and he's just not quick enough. Um, you're just kind of asking for disaster, but IU doesn't have any other options. Uh, Rutgers packed it in. They dared IU to make threes. They did it by going to his own defense in that second half. Trace just absolutely eviscerated them in the first half. Uh, Rutgers says we aren't going to lose to Trace. They played his own defense. They packed it in around Trace. He only scores four points in the second half. Even having said all that, IU's zone offense wasn't – bad to like it, it wasn't good uh i know i saw complaints about his own offense always beating us tony andrana had a uh great stat i believe he he he's coached tony andrana on twitter uh he's written some kind of film breakdown pieces if you guys don't follow him uh, but he said coming into tonight iu was in the 70th percentile in zone offense which checks out uh, the bad performances have been loud. This one in the Syracuse game come to mind, but they've generally done well against it as the season's gone along. 
ultimately they go three of 11 with three turnovers against the zone. Uh, Trace only had four points on one of three shooting in the second half. Alec Lassley of the Hoosier tweeted out those stats. Look, IU created really, really good looks down the stretch. How many open three-pointers did Parker Stewart get? And when I say that uh, Rutgers was daring IU to make three-pointers, I can assure you the scouting report was not to dare Parker Stewart to hit three-pointers. And the way that they were creating those looks were with off-ball screens, um, getting him uh, either on the move shooting three-pointers, standstill three-pointers. He had plenty of good looks. He had – that was the best kind of late-game offense IU had run all season, I thought, watching that game back again this evening. It's the best they've done in weeks, and – the cruel irony is it comes in a game where they can't make anything and they lose. Uh, they got the ball to trace at times. Um, he attacked the rim. He didn't kick out as much um, and drew a fouls a little bit. There were still bad possessions. Uh, Xavier Johnson had a couple possessions where the they got pretty late in the shot clock and he had to force some things. He made a jumper, but then he had a turnover on a pass to race Thompson I thought Rutgers did a good job. Uh, somebody pointed this out. I wish I had made note of who. I noticed it in the uh, watching back. Rutgers guards um, kind of defended Indiana full court to slow them down and then dropped into that zone um, to eat up clock. And a lot of times it ate up 10, 12 seconds a clock before the Hoosiers get into their offense. And then you're, uh, it's Indiana's not an offense that moves quickly. So, they were creating some issues there still. Race and Trace had shots at the rim late that they both missed in the final minute. Um, Race had a pretty good look. Trace gets the offensive rebound. He had a good look. Neither of those fall. Fennessy got to the rim on that play we mentioned. That was a foul. Off-ball cut, gets to the rim. Should have been at the line for two free throws. He doesn't get the call. Um Indiana created really good looks in ways that they hadn't done before. It wasn't sit and watch Trace and hope that he'd create something for us. It was moving. It was cutting. It was screening off the ball. It looked really good, which is why it's so frustrating that it didn't work. Shots just didn't go in on the night. If you look at the final two plays um, that the Hoosiers had offensively, Mike Woodson drew up two really good plays that the Hoosiers executed. The first was a um, sideline out of bounds that Trace gets a wide open look because of a nice screen set, wide open look, top of the key. Uh, he misses it. I mean, for all the, the um, I don't even know, the bad things I guess I say about Miller Cop. he's the one that fought for the rebound and forced the jump ball. Uh, the Hoosiers run the play. Uh, or at least a variation of the play that they ran against Purdue to get Rob Finnessy, the game-winning three-pointer. They ran that uh, to get Parker Stewart an open corner three-pointer on the other side of the court that eventually did tie the game. Like, there was execution there. I saw Mike Woodson taking a lot of blame for this one on Twitter. I know it's kind of reactionary. I, I mean, I don't know. He can't make the shots, and I wasn't making shots. That's not really on him. They were creating open looks. They were doing everything they should. Uh, so I can't really put a whole lot of blame on him on that one. Um, there were, we, we typically discuss players during this segment. 
it's hard to do that when it's a loss this frustrating. Uh, Trace obviously played really, really, really well. 15 points on 6 of 8 shooting in the first half. 19 points on 7-11 shooting overall. 9 rebounds. Xavier Johnson, 13 points, uh, 3 rebounds, a couple of assists. 10 of those points, 2 of those assists, and a rebound came in the second half. Those two kind of carried the load in each half. Race had 12 points, seven in the first half, five in the second half. I mean, that is about as as best as you can describe this IU team of late. Uh, Trace can carry him for a half. Xavier can carry him for a half. And Race is always there in both halves. Outside of those three, though, um, nobody else really played well. Those three shot 16 of 28 from the field. And IU as a team shot... 41%. So I'm not going to try to do the math on the fly. I'm a journalist. Uh, I stink at math. Um, but that it wouldn't be good the rest of the way. So it's hard to, it's just so frustrating because watching the game live, I was as frustrated as a lot of people. Um, I expected to watch that game back and see a lot of the issues, the standing around, the things like that, that I didn't see that just kind of made this one all the more frustrating. I mean, there are things you can take from it that you could build on, but there's no, there's hardly any games left to build on. And kind of on that note, I want to talk about the NCAA tournament outlook. I also want to talk about just kind of an approach that fans take to this game. The reaction to this one was frustrating. Um, and it was a bad loss. It's not an indictment on the program. I want to talk a little bit more about that and why I don't think this is a sign of a of failing program necessarily. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. I want to talk bigger picture about. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because I I love this fan base. This fan base is why I. This podcast has been successful. I, I certainly don't want to criticize you guys, um, but and some of this is probably a vocal minority. But there's just such a fatalistic approach that I think is is applied by fans to this IU basketball team. Partly, it's fair because of IU's recent history. Uh, they are now 19 and 30 in regular season and Big Ten tournament games played in February and March over the last five seasons. Alec Lastly again, had that one from the Hoosier. That sense, it's fair. This is a team that kind of follows the same script every year. They lose in February and March. And Woodson's talked about that, that this team is kind of looking over its shoulder. They have done this before. They lose like this before. It's habits you have to break. The issues I had is kind of like blowing this up to a program-wide problem. This is a new coach. It's a new program, new athletic director, a lot of new stuff about this. And this doesn't feel like 
the teams that played under Archie. The teams that played under Archie felt lifeless. They felt emotionless. They felt like there was no forward progress, that there was no trajectory they were on. It never felt like anybody improved. And kind of encompassing this season with that, I don't think is fair because I feel like Indiana's improved this season just watching them. I feel like Mike Woodson has this on an upward trajectory. I feel like you're putting a lot of kind of problems out of Mike Woodson's control on him in year one. I don't want to do kind of the big picture. Would you have taken this uh, when Mike Woodson was hired kind of outlook? We'll save that for the end of the season. Woodson is markedly better than Archie was. He's markedly better than kind of late tenure Tom Crean. This program is still trending up. But one of the biggest problems is IU has a lot of square pegs and round holes. Square pegs for round holes, I should say. And we talked a little bit about that. They don't have any wings. The Trey Galloway's kind of played that. In reality, he's a guard. Um, they've tried Miller Cop there all season. Hasn't really worked. Parker Stewart is more of a guard. Same with Tamar Bates. Um, this is a there's just big roster flaws with this team. There's no shooting around Trace and Race. We've seen that play out all season. Um, that's been a program wide pro. I'll allow that to be a program wide problem because it was a problem under Archie when Juwan Morgan was here. There's no shooting, but there and there's no wings. There's too many guards and not enough bigs. When Mike Woodson took this job. He tried to piece as much together as he could. So a lot of the players he brought in, he needed a point guard. You can't, I mean, I'm sure they would love a point guard that might be more of a three-point threat. Xavier Johnson's done good enough from that this season. And they needed shooting, and they got Parker Stewart and Miller Cop, who both were great shooters at their previous uh, uh, teams, programs, schools, and... Both have struggled this year. Miller Cop more so than Parker Stewart, though Parker Stewart struggled mightily on the night. I believe he finished two of nine from the three-point line. Um, he is now down to, I mean, he's still at 41% from the three-point line, but, man, it'd be a lot nicer if he made a couple more tonight. Uh, but, I mean, those two haven't. Partly those two haven't lived up to maybe the expectations. Partly that's the only shooting they have. So um, defenses have long keyed in on those guys. Tonight was one of the first times in I can't remember how long that Parker Stewart had multiple wide-open three-pointers, um, again, which makes this one so frustrating. So all these issues kind of played into this game. They've played into games all season long. They've played into why the team has struggled late. I'm not willing to just lump this one into, well, this is, this is an IU program that's still failing. Um, I'm going to give Mike Woodson more than a year to get this thing figured out. And uh, I just was frustrated at the general response to this game. It's been kind of a season-wide problem. Each loss is treated as some type of indictment on the coach and program. And this this loss stings. This loss is to some degree that, but when you treat every loss like that, you can't make this one mean more now. It's kind of the a, a boy who cried wolf type of situation. Every loss can't be an indictment on the program. 
this one is a, a little bit, and IU should be making NCAA tournaments, but um, it's not done that they're going to miss the tournament. That was the other thing. There was a lot of eulogies being written tonight. Listen, we built this one up, and it was play your way into the game type of situation. This was a must-win game, but IU's tournament hopes aren't done. Um, this they can still theoretically. I laugh. They have the Purdue game. If you win that somehow, you're in the tournament. Um, that would be a miracle. And I would, if we sweep Purdue, I'm not going to stop letting them hear about it for the rest of my life. Uh, I've long counted that one as a loss. I think a lot of fans have. So that means you're going to have to win multiple games at the very least in the Big Ten tournament, two or three games. Coming into the night, the Hoosiers were the eight or nine seed, which means they're going to have to play. At the time, it was Michigan State and then Wisconsin. You're you're putting your backs up against the wall on that one, but it there really isn't a best case scenario when it comes out. You're going to have to upset somebody at this point to make a case to be in the tournament, but it's not done, and I don't want to write this off as done yet. Uh, but this one hurts. This one should sting. This one hurts for this season. Uh, I recognize the growth, though, with this team moving forward. But, yeah, this one was a gut punch, and it was frustrating for all the reasons I mentioned. It wasn't a typical IU offensive performance late, and yet the result was all the same. So, man, I wish we could have that one back because I think if IU – executed like that on most other nights um they win this one maybe easily with the amount of looks parker stewart got so i don't want to put all the blame on him uh this is a team that has played their way into this position throughout the year and now this is kind of what you get you play silly games you win silly prizes and this is a silly prize IU has now so Thanks again, guys. I know it wasn't a fun episode, but thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to be at the Women's Big Ten Basketball Tournament uh, on Thursday, on today, when you're listening to this. We're going to recap that game for Friday's episode. If they win, there will probably be a Saturday episode where we recap the Maryland game because that one's going to be a good one. And then from there, we will probably wait until Monday to do another one. A lot's going to unfold this week with the women's basketball team. Make sure you follow us on Twitter to stay up to date. We'll do a halftime spaces if possible for the women's game tomorrow uh, and Friday potentially. But um, make sure you follow us over there. Now, for your second listen today, head on over to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate all the love, guys. Again, I wish this could have been a happier episode, but it's the nature of this game. Uh, again, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Helps us out a ton. Leave a rating and review. Most importantly. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Uh, go Hoosiers today at the Big Ten Tournament. They'll be playing around 1 o'clock, 1.30. It'll be on the Big Ten Network against Penn State. Uh, or excuse me, against Rutgers. So be sure to check that out. Follow us on Twitter. 
Leave a rating and review on the pod. Have a great Thursday and LEO.